There is a 23-year-old Canadian man by the name of Omar Cotter who is currently sitting in prison at Guantanamo Bay. He was captured when he was 15 years old by American forces in Afghanistan and is accused of killing a U.S. Army medic with a grenade. He was brought to Guantanamo in the fall of 2002 and waited two years for charges to be laid. The Canadian government has refused to get involved, while every other Guantanamo prisoner who is a citizen of an ally country, let's call them allies for lack of a better term, has gone home, the one Canadian is still sitting there. And we know what they say about the treatment of prisoners in Guantanamo Bay. Last week, the Supreme Court of Canada upheld a federal court ruling that says that Mr. Cotter's human and constitutional rights have been violated because when foreign affairs and security intelligence agents interviewed him, they did so knowing that he had been denied legal counsel and because in 2004, he was deprived of sleep for three weeks. This is a step in the right direction. But does this mean that Canada should bring him home? Apparently not. You see, at the same time, the Supreme Court also reversed the court's order that the Canadian government should bring Mr. Cotter home. I need some help here, so I'm serious. Please write in and let me know your thoughts. This is a kid who was 15 years old. Under international law, he falls in the child-soldier category. And there is no evidence that he, in fact, threw the grenade that killed that American medic. In fact, there is no evidence that he was even fighting. In fact, there is so not enough evidence that this case would fall apart in any court of law. Well, no, not any. Apparently, the only place where he can be tried is in a military court. Why? Because any other court would have this case thrown out in about two seconds, mainly because the evidence collected during his detention cannot be used. Still, the American government continues in their intent to try enemy combatants. Now let me get this straight. You're in a war, and if the enemy kills one of your soldiers, they can be tried in a court of law? For what? Breaking the law? It's a war! How many American soldiers have been tried by Iraqi courts? Oh yeah, there's probably no Iraqi-run courts. This all makes absolutely no sense. Whether he's guilty or not is not the point anymore. The case has been lost, and what's more, the opportunity to rehabilitate Mr. Qatar so that he doesn't continue hating the United States for the rest of his life has been lost. President Obama seems to want to close Guantanamo, but to allow these men to be tried in a regular criminal court? That's a little trickier. Still, for Omar Qatar, it's much simpler. He's the victim here. He's Canadian, not naturalized, not an immigrant. He was born here. Bring him home. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. I'm Christian Matrenko. And in a few minutes, we'll have Mary Rose Bacani here with us to catch us up on what's happening in dioceses across the country. And Chris, you'll have news? Yes, uh, I want to tell you about, uh, give you an update rather, on the story involving Dino Bafo. It's a very salacious uh, story in Italy that the Vatican is trying very hard to make it go away, and they uh, issued a statement about that. Also, be telling you about two Canadian stories, including the bishops 
and their very harsh words for the leader of our opposition party in government and also talking about the Anglican Church in Canada there's been a report that is warning of the extinction of the Anglican Church in Canada. Great, so mm-hmm. looking forward to, uh, to that. Um, we also return today with a man in black, Father James Hughes from the Diocese of Vancouver. And Chris, have you ever heard of aftermassrecords.com? No, you'll have to tell me about it. Yeah, so we'll, well, I'll tell you right now, quickly, there are a community of Catholic artists who've put together a compilation album to raise funds for Haiti. Mm. So we'll be speaking to Carl Hyman. He's one of the guys behind Aftermass Records. And as usual, we begin with a song. From that same album, here's Chris Paget with uh, the song titled I See You Breathe. I see 
Chris Paget with his song I See You Breathe from the Sample Platter Volume 2 Haiti Relief Album. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org and our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. My name is Pedro and here with me now is Mary Rose for the first half of our events. Yes, Pedro. So this coming Wednesday, a huge pro-life event is happening very big in the u.s and canada and also other parts of the world it's called the 40 days for life and it starts ash wednesday february 17th and ends on march 28th palm sunday and teams in 165 cities from coast to coast in the u.s canada as well as canada australia and northern ireland take part in this whole mission um it's been called honestly like a faith-filled groundbreaking coordinated pro-life mobilization and in Canada there are seven locations so I invite you to go to 40daysforlife.com that's four zero not the word 40 40daysforlife.com to find out more information and the seven locations within four provinces in Canada are Alberta in Alberta there's Calgary Edmonton and Red Deer in BC there's Kelowna in Ontario Guelph and Toronto and in Quebec Montreal and this is an effort that consists of prayer and fasting, peaceful vigil, community outreach. So very determined and peaceful approach for showing your support for life. Um, and just briefly, you'll find out on the same website about the history, why 40 days, the same way that in the Bible, God used 40 days with Noah, with Moses, with the apostles and the resurrection of Christ. Um, 
and it started in Texas in the fall of 2004 as a small idea, and it went on from there. So 40daysforlife.com, check that out. It's a great, great, great initiative. So yeah, highly recommended for everyone to participate if you're anywhere near any of those cities uh, in Canada or in the in the U.S. Or, or maybe you can try to start it up. Yes, in your or you can try to start city. it up in your own city. That would be great, yes. So Edmonton is, is uh, working towards the Ma- World Marriage Day on Sunday, February 14th. That's tomorrow. Um, 1.30 to 5.30 p.m. at St. Albert Parish, the Office of Marriage and Family Life in partnership with Worldwide Marriage Encounter, invites you, invites all married couples to celebrate this day. And it's a free opportunity to celebrate the gifts of marriage, hear presentations from couples at different stages of their married life, enjoy prayer, food, and fellowship. So that's tomorrow, 1.30 to 5.30 p.m. at St. Albert Parish. For more information, call Sandra at 780-469-1010. Um, And they also have on Friday, February 19th, an event, an environmental event, Sustaining the Earth, Linking Faith to Our Environmental Future, where on that day from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., there will be presentations and discussions featuring such speakers as Bob McKeon of the Social Justice Office in Edmonton and Joe McMorrow of the Social Justice Office in the Diocese of St. Paul. And they'll be reflecting on Pope Benedict's 2010 World Day of Peace statement, if you want to cultivate peace, protect creation. Mm-hmm. As well as Bishop Luke Bouchard's pastoral letter, The Integrity of Creation and the Athabasca Oil Sands. So check the, uh, the their web page or website, the Edmonton website, for more details. And in Toronto, just briefly, they're, they're having a Lenten retreat for young people, ages, young adults ages 18 to 39. So for more information about that, it'll be uh, six weeks of 50, a commitment of 50 minutes a day in prayer and meeting as a group on Ash Wednesday and ending again on Thursday, April 8th to come together. And during that time as well, they will connect you with a spiritual director in your area. So a great time to really get into Lent and the meaning of spiritual companionship. Mm-hmm. Cost is $25, and that's very realistic for such, uh, for such an experience. For more info, call Vanessa Nicholas Schmidt at 416-222-1426, extension 276, or email her at faithconnections at csj ca. Very good. So yeah, I guess uh, next week is is Lent. So we're going to have a lot more uh, events right. uh, to right. help people enter into the uh, the experience of Lent as we move towards Easter. Thank you, Mary Rose. Uh, so Mary Rose will be back in a bit to tell us about a marriage conference that's coming to Saskatoon next month. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and now here with me is Chris. So Chris, there's a report that alleges that the Anglican Church is going extinct in Canada. Well, not quite, but the Anglican Diocese of of British Columbia uh, has issued a report that is warning that this could happen. It could happen as soon as within one generation. So even by 2061 is, is how they've graft this out because of a rapid depl- rapid decline uh, particularly on v- Vancouver Island where membership has dropped from 40% to 1.2% uh, of the population over, over just 50 years and this report is recommending the closure of a third of all parishes on Vancouver Island and they're saying that uh, in this report they're saying that the status quo is not an option and uh, Anglicans need to uh, start reaching out, uh, evangelizing in their homes, their workplaces, in shopping malls, 
uh, cease this mentality of, of looking inwards and, and having you know a safe community for themselves, but really trying to integrate newer populations because uh, these this diocese in particular is 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 rapidly aging. Hmm. Now the diocese will be voting next month on whether to approve the document, although uh, there are already a number of people who are opposed to the document because some of the parishes that are being recommended to close are very historically significant. Right parishes and so tho those properties you know mean a lot to, to the people who live there interesting you know mm -hmm. my wife is Anglican so I, I'm always have a, a soft spot for for these kind of stories mm -hmm. um, now the uh, Canadian bishops had some interesting uh, response to what's going on in Ottawa that's right now uh, the leader of our opposition party our federal opposition party Michael Ignatieff he um, uh, he spoke out against Stephen Harper's plans uh, for the the GI the G8 and uh, the, uh, the his efforts to help women and children, and he said that uh, Michael Ignatieff would only support the government uh, if access to abortion would be included as part of this plan. And uh, and currently, it's it's not supposed to be included, even though there has been precedence in Canada of uh, of reproductive health services, including abortion, being being mm -hmm. part of our funding. And uh, it's it's created a you know a very very strong response from the Canadian bishops. Bishop Fred Henry of Calgary, Alberta, said it was pathetic for a political leader to suggest that abortion is somehow tied to the health of women and children. And uh, he said it was particularly crass in light of all the orphaned children we see now in Haiti. It was absolutely incredible that he would say that, and he is alienating religious people with these comments. This will not win him votes. Now, there aren't that many liberal votes anyway in the province of Alberta, but there are quite a few in Ontario, mm -hmm. and the Archbishop of Toronto also spoke out about this. He, uh, he called it a negative proposal that in no way serves to improve the health of mothers and children, but rather imperils the most vulnerable among us. Now, this is a story that's also developing, so I'm sure that we will hear uh, some more. In fact, uh, the, the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, they did write Michael Ignatieff, but uh, as of today, uh, the text for that note that they wrote, uh, Ignatieff, hasn't been made public yet. Yes. All, the, all they've said so far is that it reiterates Catholic teaching. Yeah, so anyway, we're going to try to find out more as, as things develop. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chris. Um, Chris will return in about 20 minutes to tell us about an interesting affair involving the editor or the former editor of the Italian Catholic newspaper. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. And now it's time for... Man in Black. And our Man in Black today is Father James Hughes, pastor of St. Anne's Parish in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Father James, welcome to Man in Black. Thank you, Pedro. Great okay. to talk to you once again. Once again. Okay, so Father, this is a, I just have to let you know what we're doing. This is like a game show, except okay. it's, not, it's not in front of a live audience and there are no prizes, so sorry. Um, and, and you're the only one playing, so actually it's... <laughs> so there's no way I could lose. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And <laughs> I guess it's not really at all like a game show. Um, okay, but I get to ask you random questions. Yes. Um, like, uh, uh, what was your favorite decade? My favorite decade was probably the 80s. 
Oh, see, you're a pre. You missed it. You're supposed to say your favorite decade is like the third decade of the Rosary or something. <laughs> ah, gotcha. I'm, I'm always missing things. <laughs> okay, the '80s. You said, "Hey, that's good." We'll, we'll have to do a show just on the '80s one day. Okay, so the first segment is called choices. Choices we make. Okay. Okay, and and I get to ask you uh, several rapid fire questions, and you get to choose between two items like, like apple butter or cocoa butter. Okay. Okay. You don't have to answer that one. Okay. <laughs> okay, soccer or hockey? Hockey. Really? Uh-huh. Is that because you're like an old Canadian boy? I think so. I really am. But you play uh, soccer. I did uh, grow up on soccer, uh, meaning uh, playing it ever since uh, I can almost walk, so my mother tells me. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, um, I really come to love uh, hockey even more, more because of not only playing some ice hockey recreationally, but also watching it. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Lourdes or Fatima? Uh, Fatima, uh, Lourdes, sorry, Lourdes. <laughs> I've been sure? to both. <laughs> you, you sure you want to try it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely Lourdes. Lourdes, night, why? It has the edge because both in wonderful ways with Marian Devotion, I loved uh, Lourdes for the little extras, even going into the baths, being able to drink the special water, right. but uh, just the wonderful spirit that's there. Yeah. Nothing yeah. against the Portuguese, though. No, no. Oh, yeah. Aren't you... You're Portuguese. Is your dad Portuguese? No, you're no father's Irish, I, mother's Filipino. Okay, why did I think? Okay, not even close. All right, no. next. <laughs> Talk about editing. I'll edit that out. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee. Yeah. I have partial investments in Starbucks. <laughs> That's right. For our, for our listeners who are not in the West Coast, uh, the Starbucks owns British Columbia. Our That's Starbucks right. owns Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, downhill or cross country? Downhill. Yeah. Like the excitement. Yes. And and then not having to work. Exactly. Cross it country is all is free like flowing. Work. Yeah, what's up with that? Okay, last one. Salt or light? Both. Oh, come on. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it's your television network. Yes, Why couldn't I like yes, all of it? Yes, <laughs> exactly. There you go. Okay, so let, let's do another sec- segment. This one's called I Like It. Okay. Or, or uh, I don't know. This, these are a few of my favorite things, maybe. Um, okay, so favorite city in the world? Vancouver. Really? That's yes. the best you can do? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Let, let's not ask more about that. I uh, visited Toronto, but Vancouver comes first. <laughs> I didn't say favorite city in Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our listeners in Toronto, don't take it to heart. Vancouver is pretty cool. Uh, favorite song? Wow. Uh, uh, favorite song. I, I'm going to pass. Let okay, me pass. That. That's fine. Favorite prayer? Favorite prayer? Uh, definitely the uh, Memorare. Oh, nice. I bet you most people don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I could easily say the Hail Mary, but I think uh, Memorare is a, is a good one. In Latin? Uh, actually, I don't know it in Latin. Oh, nice. No. Cool. Uh, I've, got to, I've got to work on that. Favorite scripture passage? Favorite scripture passage is uh, from the Psalms, uh, if the... Lord does not build a house in vain to its builders' oh, labor. Nice, nice. Uh, favorite Olympic sport? Favorite Olympic sport still has to be hockey. Hockey, yeah, and I guess uh, we'll talk about that a bit because you're in the in the heart of it right now. Um, right. But just a note for anyone that might be joining the program, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. We're talking to our man in black this week, Father James Hughes, um, and now we're going to go to a little a little more serious little seg- segment. Is a little more serious. We, we want to talk about your hopes and your dreams, Father. Um, when you were a little kid, and we know you were playing soccer before you were walking, right. um, 
what did you want to do when you grew up? To be a professional soccer player. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. I went to Catholic school, elementary school, and uh, I was one of those kids that looked forward to not only recess, but lunchtime <laughs> and after school, because I couldn't get enough of soccer. There was even a day when the sisters were running the school, the sisters of charity from New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. uh, they're no longer there now, but uh, when they were in, the, in those days, uh, they caught me out in the field when all the other students were back in class, and I'm still playing soccer. That's funny. Did you grow up, did you grow up in Vancouver? Or? I, I was born and raised, yeah, in Vancouver yeah. area, called Burnaby, just a yeah, suburb yeah. of the area. Nice. Okay, um, a dream, a dream that you had or have still. A dream, um, actually, I think in my Catholic faith, and I know coming from a priest, this sounds uh, almost expected, but it's true. I think that um, working on happiness of life here is a way of connecting with God in all that I do. And so if I can try to do that in my life, I want to be able to help others do that in theirs. Nice, that makes sense. Um, okay, a little more serious. What, what about one of your deepest fears? Deepest fears. Um, deepest fears. Probably, um, no doubt, sometimes I think not being able to appreciate all that I, I am doing uh, for the Lord and almost running too fast to appreciate it. So um, I know that I have to slow down because uh, I do move at a thousand miles an hour at times and sometimes. I think the Lord really calls me, as well as anything I'm doing in my ministry, to step back for a moment and let Him lead. So I think some of those aspects is my fear is: Do I run ahead of the Lord rather than have Him lead me? Right. Nice. Important. That's a good good uh, advice for everyone. Um, you were the director of vocations for a while there. About seven years. Yeah. <laughs> okay, for a while, for seven yeah. years. Um, <laughs> but now you're in a parish, and and how are you liking that? I am enjoying it. Probably my. One of, one of the greatest consolations of being a uh, pastor in a parish as opposed to the work that I was doing, which was, which was very fruitful, very rewarding in many ways of inspire, trying to help inspire other young people to consider the vocation of priest or religious life, is that I get to do it on a one-on-one uh, -on -one basis with, mm -hmm. with a lot of families regularly. And so seeing the same families day in, day out, may to some be a monotonous thing, a routine thing, but I see it as a tremendous joy and a consolation to my own priesthood, a real support to me as I'm living this ministry. Nice, nice. What are your hopes for your parish or your parishioners? Um, continuing to have a vision that works with the gospel and to help the community grow in many ways. So the parish that I'm in has great potential, and we're far from reaching it. And so if I could be a help and a vehicle to that achievement, it would be great, such as an expansion to our uh, our uh, church, as we're finding that it is a growing community, number-wise, plus hopefully expanding to a Catholic school right on site oh, here. Wow! Can you can you just help people that might not be familiar with the Abbotsford? How, it, it, how far is that from Vancouver? It's about an hour's drive, so it'd be about uh, roughly seventy kilometers directly east, east of Vancouver. And it's, it's a, considered a town, a small town, or it would be. Uh, 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 it is called a city, so it has its own uh, governmental yeah. aspect, but it. It would be a population of about 150, 155,000 people. It is kind of called the Bible Belt of British Columbia because oh, really? of the number of Christian communities and other faiths that are existing here. It's really quite a conglomeration of uh, faith communities. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
um, last question. How, how is this whole Olympic frenzy affecting you guys out there? It, uh, the Archdiocese of Vancouver is actually quite involved, and even with an other Christian communities, we've got a great venture this year called uh, More Than Gold, yes. and it's a great way to help evangelize and bring the gospel message to um, an event that some could criticize as very secular, mm-hmm. but uh, to find opportunities with athletes and fans to uh, to see the important social issues, even around, regarding homeless, regarding um, uh, aspects of uh, true justice issues. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's exciting in many ways. We're welcoming the world here to Vancouver. The Archdiocese is opening its doors, and we're trying to provide spiritually, not uh, only for our own people, but certainly for, for welcome visitors and guests, as well as athletes here to Vancouver. That's great. I lied. One last question. Who's going to win the uh, gold hockey? Oh, the, the gold medal, no question, uh, Canada. When, when you've got a <laughs> Vancouver Canuck goalie yes. backstopping yes. the whole team and a Roberto Luongo, uh, that's a Catholic yeah. name, by the way, yes. uh, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic, it's exciting, and we look forward to it. It's going to be a, a tough match, no question, with the number of teams represented here, uh, but we're excited for Canada. Is it going to be Canada-U.S., the last game, that gold game? That It might be, yeah. Um, yeah we're, well, you heard that it could be a prediction, or certainly the uh, Russians are going to be very strong as well. Oh, that's good. So there you go. You heard it here first, Salt and Light Radio from our... You should have you as our, our hockey correspondent. <laughs> I'd be happy James to do so. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Great talking to you. Thanks for, thanks for playing. Thanks, Pedro. God bless you now. God bless all your listeners. Thank you. You too. Okay. Our man in black of the week, Father James Hughes, pastor of St. Anne's Parish in Abbotsford, British Columbia, in the Archdiocese of Vancouver. Um, Again, thank you, Father James, for being today's man in black. My name is Pedro Guevara Man, and I am also wearing black. If you like this segment, please send us an email. We're looking for men in black to have on the program. Write to us and tell us about your favorite priest and how we can contact him. And we will, because this is fun. Our email address is radio at saltonlighttv.org. And now, from the Haiti Relief album from Aftermath Records, this is the Lee Rossler Band with their song, Mile Away. Shines back at me. See me back to the beach where the sun sets a mile away. Where the street lights they shine, it's all we needed. All we needed. See me back to the place where the sun sets a mile away. Where the street lights they shine, it's all we needed. All we needed. See me back to the place where the sun sets a m
That was the Lee Rossler Band with Mile Away from the Sample Platter Volume 2 Haiti Relief Album. And we'll be learning more about that project in about five minutes. But first, here is Chris with us, and we go to Rome. That's right. Um, all of the Vaticanistas have been talking about this, the Vatican reporters. It's, it's been making mainstream news, and it's a story that's been going on for a while, and surely the Vatican hopes will go away and they issued a statement to try and do so uh, to, to make all the rumor mongering stop and it involves Dino Boffo who was the editor of Avenire which is the, the bishop's uh, newspaper in Italy and uh, back in September uh, Il Giornale another Italian newspaper uh, published a document which said that, that Boffo uh, had been fined uh, in the past harassing the wife of a man that he was pursuing so he was pursuing this man and, and harassing his wife and uh, initially Boffo had been sort of defended by the Vatican and by the bishops but eventually he did resign although it later came out that this document was was forged it was false and uh, so now the question is well who gave this document to Il Giornale and the editor of Il Giornale, Vittorio Feltri, he, uh, he says that a very authoritative and institutional source at the Holy See was the one who sent him the dossier. So that's gotten uh, everyone talking about, well, who is this source? And the rumors have been that it's uh, the Cardinal Secretary of State, Cardinal Bertone, and that, uh, that part of the, the gendarmerie, the uh, sort of the forces protecting uh, the armed forces within the Vatican officers also helped facilitate the transfer hmm. of this document and that uh, it also came from the editor of L'Osservatore Romano, the, the Vatican's you know, official newspaper. But the Vatican is denying this. They're saying that these rumors have no basis in fact uh, in, the, in the press release that was, uh, that was issued this past week. Uh, they call this an unmotivated, unreasonable and malicious action, these rumors, 
and they say that they, that they are a part of a defamatory campaign against the Holy See, mm-hmm. which involves even the Roman Pontiff. So they think that, that this whole campaign is, is meant to make the church look bad. Wow. And, uh, and they're saying, you know, we've had no part of this. Um, and it, it went on to say that the Holy Father Pope Benedict has been constantly informed, informed about this and deplores these unjust and injurious attacks. Yeah, and he should. Sounds a little bit like a, like a Dan Brown novel. Uh, gone, or or gone a soap opera. Like a soap opera, yeah. And uh, an it's been going on for a very, very long yeah. time. And hopefully this will maybe put it to an end. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, again, Chris Dimitrenko, our Salt and Light Radio News producer. If you'd like to comment on anything you hear on this program, send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. I'm Mark Mallett, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. The eyes of the world turned to Haiti after a powerful earthquake left some 200,000 dead, almost completely devastated their infrastructure, and has left this already poor people with even less. Now, the musical community rallied together, as with any other crises, to pitch in, and so there's been relief concerts and various artist compilations, and Catholic artists has, have also come together for a special project to raise funds for Catholic relief services in the United States. The project is a compilation album, and we've been listening to some of the songs from that album. It is produced by Aftermath Records, a community of Catholic artists who promote our faith by using relevant music geared towards youth and young adults. And to tell us more about Aftermath and about this Haiti Relief Project is Kyle Hyman. Kyle, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thanks for having me, Pedro. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you. So tell us about Aftermath. What, what's that all about? Yeah, we started that up um, several years ago just as uh, a project between a, several different Catholic artists who wanted to kind of help promote one another and um, just encourage each other. And uh, we started off by doing some compilation CDs and a website and just kind of cross-promoting, and um, it kind of took on a new, a new mission with this Haiti project, and you know not only to support each other but also to support a cause like Haiti. Right, of course, and and we will talk about that in a second. So, but the name after mass refers to, uh, I mean, the mass, I presumably, but why after mass? Well, a lot of our music isn't um, really liturgical. Uh, several of us do play at mass and, and um, have music for that. But the majority of the music is is music that you might hear at a rally or, or a retreat or, or something after mass, like a youth group. Right. And, um, and so, not necessarily your typical Catholic liturgical music, but after mass. Okay, I get it. Actually, I was going to ask you because you're you're you belong to a group yourself, Popple. Sorry, correct? correct. Where does that name come from? Well, the name um, isn't as interesting as you might think. It's, uh, it was a campsite that we stayed at and ended up being a horrible experience, and we kept on joking about Popple in this campground oh, and, and how bad it was. And whenever we came time to come up with a band name, uh, people kept joking that we should name it Popple, and, and we did, and, and we really didn't have any idea on how, how long we would be playing. You know, that was about five or six years ago. We just thought it was going to be a little project that lasted for a few months. Right, um, but we've been stuck with the name for a long time. But it's a catchy name, I must say. It certainly, uh, certainly raised a few few ears and over here, um, a few yeah. eyebrows and ears. Um, uh, so just so back to aftermath. So all the all the artists are are Catholic, 
Um, Correct. And did you guys know each other loosely beforehand? Are you all in the same area, or, or is this a network across the United States? It's all uh, you're all American, right? It's really yeah. It is. It is all from the United States, um, and and we're spread out all over. Uh, we've kind of run into each other either at different rallies or youth events, or some of them are just people that I've been in contact with online. Right. And um, you know, we've sent music back and forth and, and tried to support each other and. Um, but but have never really met in person for right. a couple of them. No, it's interesting because I, I I'm sure you're familiar with the with CAM, the Catholic Association of Musicians, which which I think sure. brought a lot of people together because they felt that, you know, everybody's doing their own thing, everybody's doing the same thing, but everybody's isolated. So it's important for for uh, for Catholic artists to get to know each other to network. Um, so that's that's really neat. Just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Pedro, and we're speaking with Kyle Hyman about uh, Aftermath Records and about the Relief uh, Haiti project. Um, so, okay, so let's talk about the, the Haiti Relief. So, uh, how did it co that come about? I mean, you guys already had some compilation albums out? Yeah, we've, we've done actually two projects, um, but, and, you know, we're kind of, it, it, Aftermath Records has kind of been just sitting around and we, and we hadn't really done anything with it recently and um, at the same time I figure out you know what we can do to help Haiti you know and, and you know raise some money and raise some prayers up and um, it, it just kind of through prayer the idea of the compilation came together and um, started talking to some people and, and in about a week we, we pumped out um, this compilation CD and so far we've, we've been able to raise quite a bit of money and the amount of people that have um, either already have have donated money, or um, aren't able to financially donate money, but have have offered up prayers. And there's a little form that you can fill out. Yeah. If you just want to pray and and can't donate at the time. You can still get the download. Yes. We've had a lot of people that are offering prayers, and it's really encouraging to hear how they're praying and and rosaries and daily masses and yeah, adoration you know, and, yeah. and different ways. Yeah. You know, I was going to say that because I went when I went on. And I, of course, I clicked on, I, I can't donate, I'll pray. I was curious to see wh where that would take me. And, of course, it says, how will you pray? And I thought, that's a really neat way to, I mean, in a way, not to apply pressure on people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you said you're going to pray because you can't pay, but how are you going to pray? Um, yeah. Um, so it's, it's great that people are actually uh, taking that to heart because prayer, um, in some ways, maybe even helps more than the financial. But it's nice to hear that you've, you've made uh, quite a bit of money. So the money goes to Catholic Relief Services? Correct. And that's... And 100% of it. So we're, there's going to be like a transaction fee for processing credit cards, but we're going to donate that amount to make sure that 100% of what people donate goes to Catholic Relief Services. Okay, and just because some of our listeners are in Canada, so Catholic Relief Services is the... Um, the, the, the is, is it a branch of the um, American bishops that does relief work? Is that is that how it no, works? Uh, um... I'm not really exactly sure. I know they're they're an international um, uh, organization that uh, is is Catholic and okay. and they're put in place to help different places. They were already down in Haiti helping yes. out, yes. Um, which gives them kind of a leg up to be able to to, to get in there and, and and know what the need is immediately. And they just need the finances to be able to do it, and so uh, we wanted to support them. In their efforts, right? And how did the and was it you picked Catholic Relief Services, or did you have a partnership with them beforehand, or did you know somebody there? 
or was that no, okay? No, I, I, I just heard good things about them, and right. I, I didn't want to give money to an organization that, you know, we're not really sure what kind of morals and ethics they're going to be right, employing of course, to, of course. to do things. And I know that Catholic Relief Services, um, you know, is, is, is doing things with it in line with the Catholic Church. Yeah, and in fact, they are, they are I think, one of the main Catholic uh, 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 mission or, or, or development or, or relief agencies, uh, in, in, certainly in the United States, and, and they do great international work, so that's good. Um, I just had a question, because the album was called Sample Platter Volume 2. But then mm -hmm. I started looking for Sample Plotter Volume 1, and I don't, maybe I didn't look hard enough, but I didn't find it. Is, there a, is that, was there's, your first... There's a, there's a copy over on the store page, um, but that's something, that was about two years ago that we put that together. Um, and a, a lot of the same artists, a lot of different ones also. Um, we have some new, a lot of new people on this, on this second volume. Um, but the first volume was, was yeah, about two years ago, and that was just to kind of promote the music. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, any any new projects that you have on the go that uh, that are coming up, or is it still kind of up in the air as to what? N not well, you as a band, Popple, but I mean as Aftermath Records, the 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 organization. I think I think this is really a neat way that we can um, support each other and support a good cause. And I would love to be able to do this in the future, like for the from now on, that um, you know our compilations that we would pick a, a charity or something. A need um, that that the money could go towards, and um, to keep doing this because it's it's been very successful, and and uh, I think it's just a neat way that we as artists can can donate, you know, some of what God has given us as as talents and gifts, and be able to share that with others um, in in a financial way, also. Yeah, no, certainly, and that's uh, that fits right into our belief as Catholics. So thank you for doing that. Thanks a lot. We look forward to. Uh, for me, it was great because I I hadn't heard about uh, about a lot of these artists, um, so it's good to to learn what other people are doing and uh, maybe even have more more opportunities for people to come on the show. Uh, so it's been great speaking to you, Kyle. Thanks for the work that you're doing. Uh, keep us in touch. Keep us in the loop as to anything else that comes up, uh, especially if you guys are ever up in Canada. Um, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Will do. Thank you, Pedro. You're great. welcome. That was Kyle Hyman. He's one half of the group Popple and one of the administrators of the community after Mass Records. They put out a compilation album of Catholic artists to raise funds for Haiti. You can get more information and download that album for, uh, for pay or for pray for prayer at aftermassrecords.com, aftermass, M-A-S-S, records.com. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, all donations go to Catholic Relief Services. And here now is Popple with their song, Salt and Light. You are the salt, you are the salt of the earth. May you never lose your flavor. And you are the light, you shine bright in the night. Don't ever be concealed. The city on a hill, it cannot hide. Let your good work shine, let them shine, let them shine. Let your light shine out to all of the earth, let your light shine on every good work. And let your light shine out to all of the earth, so the world will see.
Popple from the Haiti Relief album with their song Salt and Light. Good, good name. name yeah, yes. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org and our blog can be read at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. Now again, as you heard, Mary Rose is here with me. It's time for events. Uh, something's coming to Saskatoon. That's true. It's a marriage conference in Saskatoon set for March 19th and the 20th. And to tell you the truth, who knows when the last marriage conference was in Canada. Yeah. So I was able to speak with Blake Sittler. Now, Blake is the director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Diocese of Saskatoon. And I spoke with him earlier this week. Hey, Blake, thanks for joining us. No, thank you very much. Now, you were originally going to title this conference, not just another marriage conference. Why is that? Well, we ended up moving to the title of A Time for Hope, Finally Good News About Marriage, because we wanted to... Uh, initially look at uh, some different aspects of, of marriage, and we wanted to say this is a unique conference. And when we started looking for what kind of other marriage conferences were out there across Canada, uh, we realized there really weren't any national ones. There were some smaller local ones, diocesan ones, uh, and we, we just had a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, and we just wanted to, uh, to do it at a national level. So it was uh, relatively unique, probably the first national marriage conference in well over 10 years. Now, through the media, we get this perception that almost half of the marriages end in divorce. You have broken marriages, single parents, abusive families, and these really seem more prevalent in today's culture. So how are you speaking to today's family in a very real way? What we're hoping to do with the different uh, speakers that are coming in is they're going to be looking at very much at the real situation that is that is facing us. We're not asking them to color coat or to look through rose-colored glasses at the current situation. But I think what we're also going to hear is the good news is that there's real opportunity out there for a growth in ministry, uh, and that everybody at the conference, all of the married couples who are there, that they can play a part in that. Uh, there's opportunity for uh, education and the awareness of, of 
what is this vocation of marriage. There's opportunities to improve our marriage preparation, our marriage enrichment. Uh, there are opportunities in dioceses to uh, get ministries like Retrovi going, uh, divorce ministry. So there's a real, uh, quite frankly, there's a lot of opportunity out there for, for growth in marriage ministry, and we can play a part in it, and that's the, that's the good news. That's the, that's the hope. Now, you have a great lineup of speakers coming. Now, in our conversation before, you talked about how some of these speakers really had these themes that resounded within you. So tell us one idea or theme that moved you to have a certain speaker join you for the conference. Mm-hmm. The, uh, our, our keynote at the banquet is a fellow named Dr. Richard Galliardi. He's going to be uh, speaking to us about a future vision of, of sacramental marriage. And I like his approach. What he's inspired me in is this idea uh, uh, that married couples are like disciples being sent out two by two into the world. You know, marriage is not this little cocoon where people retreat from the world. Uh, it can be that at times, but marriage is a place, it is the vocation whereby we go out and embrace the world. It's how we go out into the world and bring justice, love, uh, forgiveness. Uh, we do that through our marriage. So he, he makes marriage uh, not something sort of safe white picket fence. He says, this is us going out into the world, uh, being called by God to to bring about the kingdom, to make the world a better place uh, at our schools, at our work, you know, in our family. Thanks so much for your time, Blake. Thank you very much. So that was Blake Sittler, Director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Diocese of Saskatoon, who shared with us the good news about marriage. So again, the National Marriage Conference in Saskatoon is March 19th and 20th. Check out their website for more information www.saskatoonrcdiocese.com forward slash marriage forward slash marriage 2010. Great. Thank you so much, Mary Rose. Nice reminder that Valentine's Day is coming up, but marriage needs to be lifted up. Um, so it's great that there's uh, uh, this conference coming. Um, and a reminder to our listeners, let us know what's happening in your diocese. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. And I'm Mary Rose Bacani. And on Tuesday night, it's In Your Faith. If you want to understand the sacraments better, this week's episode is about confirmation. And that's In Your Faith every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. And on Wednesday, the next day, February 17th, is Ash Wednesday. And the Holy Father will be celebrating Mass at the Basilica of St. Sabina. And this event will be broadcast live. It begins with a penitential procession from the Basilica of St. Anselm at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And the Mass will be at 11 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, so that's live. And I, Mary Rose, will be hosting <laughs> that live event. So again, our coverage of the Ash Wednesday celebrations live from Rome with the Holy Father begin at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. That's 7.30 a.m. Pacific. And on Saturday, February 20th, we will bring you a new half-hour special, A Day in the Life, The Carmel of St. Joseph. Yes, now this is, this is very exciting because um, we were allowed to spend a day behind the cloister with a community of Carmelite nuns. Now, I mean, no one who is not part of the community gets allowed behind the cloister, let alone three guys. But the, we were allowed to spend the day with them. We were there for 12 hours. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. If you're at all curious as to the cloistered contemplative life, be sure to tune in. And if you got to watch the Oprah coverage yes. of the Dominican Sisters in yes. Ann Arbor, 
you will probably be most likely interested in this show. Yes, yes. So that's A Day in a Life, The Carmel of St. Joseph at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. Pacific. And if you missed any part of this broadcast or you want to listen to any Salt and Light radio program, go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio. All our shows are there available for podcast. And remember to let us know your thoughts on anything that you hear in our program. The email is radio at saltandlighttv.org. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for being with us. I'm Mary Rose Bacani. And I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.